0: I think finally I came to a, a point where I was just ready to take action and take a risk. And I think an entrepreneur really like thrives in the struggle and, and, and the, um, the unknown of, of, of the possibility. And um, I think the ability to take that risk with, with a lot of unknowns is, again, what like produces a successful entrepreneur and turns it into a, a you know, productive business.
1: Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Courtley Advice Givers, where we interview Courtlane business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Courtland residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. I'm excited for my guest today, Corey Wilson, who owns Avondale Dental and also is the president of the Excel Foundation. In my research of Corey and the rest of the Avondale Dental family, it's been clear that there is so much more than just a dentist office. We'll touch on the dentistry, but also the unique culture they have between their employees and patients. In addition to the dental group, Corey heads up the Excel Foundation, where they fund grants to teachers for innovative classroom projects in the Cordelline School District. To date, they have helped with an astonishing one point five plus million dollars in donations to the schools, including one hundred fifty seven thousand this school year. Thanks for coming on the show, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, um, before uh, before we dive into any of the dental business, I understand that you went to both. WSU and UW, yep, that's right? right.
0: Who do you root for in the Apple Cup? I'm for sure a Coug. Coug? Um, yeah, and when I was a when I was in dental school, the Cougs won three out of four Apple Cups and seven out of eight um, uh, basketball Apple Cups. So it was a good time to be a Coug in, in Husky Husky Land. Yeah, and so what year? What year was that? Uh, graduated from WSU in 2003, and um, then and then UW in 2007. Okay, and then uh, what was it? like in your life
1: that caused you to be a dentist like I know you grew up like I want to be a firefighter you don't want to be a
0: police officer like Doctor, vet, whatever. What yeah. was it for you? Yeah. So it's, it's a good story. And, um, I always tell people it's probably, it's why I got into dental school. So, you know, how when, um, when you're a kid, your mom always tells you, you can be whatever you want when you grow up. And she's like, yeah, okay, mom, that's cool. And so, um, I think it was like I was eight years old and, um, I was in the living room watching TV and I, and there was a horse race on TV. And, um, I was like, Hey, mom, mom, I figured out what I want to do. Uh, And she's like, all right, honey, that's great. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a horse jockey. And she looked at me and she's like, well, I know I told you you could be whatever you wanted, but um, you're probably already too big for a horse jockey. Our family's big, (laughs) if you don't know that. And um, so it was like crushing my dreams at the age of eight. And the story goes that from that time, I've always wanted to be a dentist. And that was my... Entrance interview is essay, and um, credit that with me getting it into, into dental school. Yeah,
1: yeah. How tall are you?
0: Uh, I'm about six five.
1: Six oh, five. Right. Yeah, I, I've never seen a six five jockey. No,
0: not recently. <laughs> and most I think, you are about a buck fifteen, <laughs> right, like right. five foot tall, <laughs> which was where I was at when I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So the the business mission at Avondale Dental uh, is to be the change leaders in the dental industry in Kootenai County uh, while providing a unique patient centered progressive and personal care. How do you guys go about doing that and how have you, you know, how have you got to this point?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that just is just really cliche, I think in the dental industry is like you see the advertisements in the Facebook posts and everybody says that they're the best at this and they're the best at that and their patients love them the most. Um, and, and that just really kind of just rubs me the wrong way you know and um so like i've truly tried to like we try to go into every day and say how are we going to really be different and really be unique and not just make it um not just lip sync it and and wave a hand over it like i think most you know a lot of dental offices do a lot of companies do and, um, so I think like being intentional about that mission is, uh, is the first way that you can truly be unique about how you operate your business. And I've always had, I've always had. Looked up to companies, you know, I, we talked about Seattle and I went to University of Washington and Nordstrom's there. And I've always, you know, just been enamored of how they do things. So much so that the author of Nordstrom Way, we brought into our company in December and we, he led an idea, ideation session for a day here in Coeur on like, how do you, how do you be more like a Nordstrom? And, uh, and so I think being just really intentional about that has helped us truly be unique. And you'll see that um in the things that we do and what we try to do. Uh try to be just, you know, just really different and do things in a different way than most dental offices. And then and so that speaks to the culture. And then in terms of in terms of leading the change in in dentistry, healthcare is changing. You guys know that. You see that in our community. You see that in the news. And um, and dental usually follows medicine by about 10 years. And so I've always been keenly aware of that and being a young business person, um, really and being an entrepreneur trying to look at, okay, how do we, how do we position ourselves so that in 30 years that we're still relevant? And, um, as medicine and healthcare have have become corporate entities in, um, in the last 10 years, like really looking at, okay, how do we do it our way? But again, be relevant so that we can be competitive as we go forward. And, um, you know, I think quarter a little behind the times it's happening in the big cities. And, um, I think, you know, that's kind of why our business models evolved to where we are today.
1: So have you gone out and like studied, say like the big cities, like, do you go over to Seattle and like study up on some of these, you know, other businesses that have kind of taken on that approach as well?
0: Yeah. So, um, You know, having gone to school in Seattle and having a lot of friends in Seattle, been there a lot and just seeing their struggles and what's happening with corporate dentistry there. And, um, and it's always kind of been in the back of my mind of how, how do I, how do I navigate this? And, And then really came to fruition, uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago. And, um, and started, started seeing a company called Smile Source, which takes de- small dental practices and and joins them as a group to try to be relevant and stronger and be able to compete with these big corporate, uh, these corporate giants and thinking like, well, yeah, I can do this myself and seeing how all these other dentists across the country were having similar problems and similar issues and similar fears about the future and thinking, well, oh, shoot, why don't we just take matters into our own hands and and, and go out and do it? Yeah, I think we see all kind you
1: know, there's disruptions that happen right. all over, right? right? Like seeing it with the taxi business, with right. you know, Uber and Lyft. And you see it in the hotel business with, you know, Airbnb. Right. Um, I see it, you know, in the real estate business with, you know, all these other, you know, brokerages technology basically is kind of taken over and it's you have to come in and basically adapt, you know, your practices in order to go with go with the time. So that's cool that you know you guys aren't you're not oblivious by any means of of it and i'm sure down the road you know you'll be you'll be going man i'm I'm glad we uh took that you know initiative to right. to be ahead on the forefront um and to go along also you know with your uh mission of your your unique patient centered. uh you guys have like five-star reviews like crazy you know all over your website facebook everything you know in my my research of your business um what have you guys kind of instilled i guess in the culture of your employees that people go on and leave you reviews that are like everyone five-star like they truly care about their clients like common theme
0: yeah i think you know i think it it Again, this this is one of those cliche terms, but it comes down to like the people that are involved and um, making our business about people, not only our patients, customers, but about our employees and our staff. And you know, Doctor Robeson, who started the our Hayden location practice over forty years ago, he was really the person that that brought the culture of what it's become today. But you, you look at the the people that we have in our office, and and you know they just do things differently. Um, they treat people differently. They have fun. Um, they c- truly care about what they're doing. And I think it's it comes down to like being able to empower your staff to to like do what they want to do to make people happy and to care about people. Uh, example, uh, case in point, example. Uh, yesterday I was driving to work, and we have one of those like chalk kind of chalk reader boards that you can write on a sandwich board that's out out front our, our office in Hayden. And I was driving and I usually, I walk to work most days and, but today I was driving the other day I was driving. And so I was going across the parking lot and I saw the sandwich board and I stopped and I reversed and I went out and looked at it. And some, one of our staff members had like wrote this awesome, this awesome quote. And then it said like, welcome, welcome to the best dental office in the world. Enjoy your experience or something like that. And, um, (laughs) I just chuckled and I took a picture of it and I'm like, are you guys kidding me? And they're like, yeah, and it's cool. Like people are coming in and they're like, you're right. Like you guys are the best dental office in the world. And so I think it's stuff like that, that just is kind of creative and kind of funny and goofy, but, um, shows that like, it's different when you come here. And then, and then what's been fun and what's been challenging and, 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 and kind of a neat experience is that as we've grown into multiple locations, how we, uh, see the cultures at our other offices and take the best of what they have, the best of what we have and like try to just up the end even more. And, um, and that's what's been really unique about listening to dental offices and our individual staffs because everybody thinks, you know, maybe they're the best or they're the greatest. But like when you see three groups come together like this and you take what everybody has and what everybody thinks that they're the greatest and you put it together, that's when you really like step up and up the ante a little bit more. Collaborate, right? Like, right. like one, you know, two brains are stronger than one,
1: Right. three are stronger than two. And so you guys, I, our group you have three you know different offices around the area one quarterly and one in post falls one in hayden what have you seen change kind of in your business after you guys all kind of joined on the same team
0: yeah the biggest thing so when this was first happening you know this the the growth happened in april that's when when element doe and dr failing came on board and right ahead of that process, our office manager and Hayden after 30 years, it was retiring. And so planning for the replacement and how our business was going to evolve right ahead of a potential, um, merger was a big, I think a big moment in, in the business. And, um, and I took a long time to find the right person. In fact, uh, my office manager gave me a nine month a nine month window of when she was going to retire. And a month before she was leaving, I, we still hadn't found anyone. I was drugging, dragging my feet about it. And um, so I ended up hiring um, a gal, Adrie, uh, Adrian Anderson, and um, as our COO, and she was way overqualified and she had no dental experience whatsoever. But she had amazing um, business. Experience. She has a business degree, and she has amazing experience running multiple companies, large companies, and um, great energy and and um, and enthusiasm. And uh, and you know, honestly, probably couldn't afford her at the time where we were at that point. But I knew that it was going to be a pivotal hire if we were going to grow and expand. So. Fast forward now to almost a year in what she's brought to the table. I think has been so transformational, um, in types, in terms of organization and structure and how we do things and, um, how we operate as a business, um, more so than just a dental office. And I think it's given us this, like this huge competitive advantage because really nobody else in, um, in North Idaho for sure has a person um, you know, leading, managing our business, um, like her. And for, before I came here this morning, I was just meeting with one with Dr. Failing, um, and, and Adrian at our, at our quarterly finance meeting. And, you know, dental offices don't have, um, quarterly finance meetings like dental offices in general, you come to work, you do dentistry, you try to get your business stuff done during the day and you go home and, and think about dentistry again and, and, and make it up the next day. And, and the way we operate now, we operate very um, intentionally and collaboratively. And so like this meeting that we just came from this morning is just so refreshing to have you know, dentists collaborating with different mindsets and then have a business person collaborating with a different mindset and the stuff we're able to accomplish. You drive away thinking, man, that would never have happened a year ago. And it's happening now and it's making huge differences. Yeah. So
1: I know, you know, being an entrepreneur, hiring, you know, going out and hiring that person or, you know, taking that leap, like you said, something that stuck out to me was that you know you probably didn't have you know the means of hiring adrian you know like what what was it that you were able to overcome you know whether it was you know money wise or you know in your brain you know that wall like like how
0: did you overcome that obstacle and make it happen yeah you know i think entrepreneurs and business people uh like we always have ideas and I think what separates the, the successful entrepreneurs from just the people with good ideas is the ability to take action. And, um, so I, you know, I've been doing dentistry for 10 years. I've been out of school for 10 years and, um, I've always had tons of ideas like, you know, and, and idea an ideas really not worth anything. And I think finally I came to a, a point and, where I was just ready to take action and take a risk. And I think an entrepreneur really like thrives in the struggle and, and, in the, um, the unknown of, of, of the possibility. And, um, I think the ability to take that risk with, with a lot of unknowns is again what like produces a successful entrepreneur and turns it into a, a you know productive business, and so I like I was just finally ready to say I've got a really successful dental practice in Hayden and and life's great and it's super fun but I am there's more that we can do I think um, I think we've got a huge opportunity to be disruptive in the industry and transformational and finally realizing that um, I can't do it by myself. And, and that to be able to do that, I probably need somebody like this to take us to the next level. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, that, that is, I know that's huge. Like you you go in there you're like, so, you know, scared to death, right? Like, like what if this doesn't work, you know, like, am I going to look like an idiot? But uh, ultimately you do, you have to take, you know, some of those calculated risks and, to be able to grow and, and become you know the best in the business ultimately, right. uh, if you could go back say two thousand seven when you graduated uh, with your dental degree, what advice would you give yourself? Um,
0: that's a that's a good question. I think I think the advice I'd give myself or like the advice I'm giving myself now, or I've been given now. Um I've had a lot of, I've been lucky enough to have some just really great mentors across all kinds of industries. Um And one that I, that I've gotten the opportunity to spend some time with lately. um And I met with just recently kind of just said, Corey, just stop and, and, Remember to to enjoy the experience and enjoy what you've accomplished and what you are accomplishing and don't take it for granted. And I think this last 10 years, as you know, like life goes by so fast at this age in our life. Like our kids grow up so fast or, you know, it's just it's a blink of an eye. And and while it's been a, a great ride the last 10 years, I think I think I could have been more intentional of like enjoy really enjoying the experience more than I have. And so now, um, I think with an intentional focus of like not letting those moments go to waste and like taking things uh, more seriously, not only in, in my business, but, um, like within your personal life too. And like, just like the moments with your kids and all of that kind of stuff and just being more intentional about, um, enjoying the ride, you know,
1: yeah that was actually just going through my brain. I was like, hey, you know, enjoy the ride, you know, let it let it just let it come
0: right. and enjoy that moment, you know, cuz you're probably never going to have that moment again. Yeah, exactly. And I you know when a uh my mentor gave me a uh, said a quote to me and and he said like um you like you don't you don't learn you don't learn from experience. You don't get better from experience. But where you improve is by reflecting on your experiences. So it's not the experience that matters, but it's the the active reflection of those experiences that make you better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that you know you were touching on that
1: in your burst, you know, personal and business life with you know enjoying the ride. How do you balance? You know, you're a busy dude. You got you know, Excel foundation, you got all kinds of stuff going on. How do you balance that work
0: life and family life? Yeah. Um, It's funny because I, people, people ask me that a lot. Um, and like my wife even just like, we'll come home and be stressed about something. And, and we talk about like, how do we, how do you, how do you balance all that's going on in, in our busy lives? We're all super busy. And I mean, the, the advice I give to my wife, the advice I give to my, my COO, um, the people, you know, the people at our office that are stressed on a daily basis. And I was like, guys. Um, you just, you go as hard as you can every day and you do as much as you can. And then, um, and then when you get home, you do as much as you can with your family and then you do as much as you can with your friends and, um, and have as much fun as you can. And then like when you can't do anymore, then you're, then call it, call it quits, go to bed. Don't worry about what you didn't get done. Um, don't dwell on what didn't happen. Like, just like be, be good with what you what you can give and what you can do and then wake up and do it again yeah right yeah. like just build hey yeah you
1: know yesterday was yesterday today right. starting over right. clean slate and uh right work on it right. I, I know the one thing i found is kind of um i've been intentionally waking up earlier in the morning to where like i can get you know two out two three hours done you know before my my daughter wakes up so right. it's like hey you know like bam now I'm already two or three hours more accomplished in the day, right. which I, I found
0: really helps. Well, and then you can, and then, and then in the evening you can spend more time with your family that way, mm-hmm. and feel good about
1: it. Yeah, like I'm not like stressed out about what I didn't get done right. when I could have, you know. So, um, and we'll dive in. We'll kind of take that. We'll kind of dive into. Um, some Facebook questions that I like to call the Facebook five, uh, just random, you know, dental, dental related questions. Uh, and then we'll, then we'll get into the Excel foundation. But, uh, Liz asks, how does oral health affect a
0: baby and a mom during pregnancy? It's a good question. Um, oral, oral health and overall health is, is another one of my passions and, Um, and that connection and how dentistry and medicine work together that could, we could go into that in, in, in detail of what we're working on in, in that realm. But to, to answer Liz's question in specifics, um, the bloodstream, the placenta is obviously connected from the baby to the, to, to the mother. And so bacteria, that are in in the mother's mouth will then be found in in the baby when that baby is born and um and that's a pretty powerful incredible thing um and to take that one step further uh, there's inflammatory inflammation factors that um are in the bloodstream that if uh, a mother has periodontal disease or unhealthy gums um, or lots of cavities, they will then be able to culture that baby and they'll find that, those same inflammatory um, factors and genes in that baby. And and you may think, well, it's just their teeth. It's not that big a deal. But the same um, inflammatory factors that are found in unhealthy gums then are also found in the heart and then the rest of the body that will translate potentially into some pretty major health things.
1: Yeah, I was always oblivious before I married dental assistant <laughs> to, like you know, the mouse hooked to everything, right? The bacteria right. is coming in and it's going down and it affects you know your heart right. and your everything. Right. So it's true. It's a you know dental health hygiene is is a huge deal. It's true. Um, and then she also asked if you should use toothpaste with fluoride.
0: Yeah, I think um, the blanket answer probably is yes. Um, you can have too much fluoride, but in general, and especially in Kootenai County, when we don't have fluoride in our water, um, most of us have not enough fluoride. And so, you know, I think in, in general, yes. Um, uh, that being said, uh, if you're somebody that's never had a cavity in your life before your you know, your risk of getting a cavity is probably very small. And so at that point you probably could, you know, ask the question, do I really need fluoride in my toothpaste? And you know, it's probably not really. Yeah. So it's, it's more or less, you know, case by case yeah. basis. Right. Uh, and then
1: Frankie, actually I could, I could hear this argument in your house right now. This is, this is Alex's girlfriend, <laughs> my sister-in-law. Uh, do toothpaste brands really matter? Uh, she's been using this cheap 78 cent aim her entire life. And, and her and Alex, I guess have arguments about which, you know,
0: if there's brands that are, you know, recommended or that sort of right. thing. So that's a fun, that's a funny uh, question because about, uh, um, four or five years ago, I was asked to speak at leadership quarterly in their health day. And, um, I think I I wasn't the one that was asked to speak because I was the one planning the meeting, and so we asked Doctor Ropes and my partner um, to come speak. And you know, Jim's Jim's a one of a, a kind type of guy, and he's and he's also well now he's seventy years old, so he's got lots of experience. And he was asked that question at Leadership Coeur d'Alene. And, and his answer just like, it made me cringe because he told people that it didn't matter if they even use toothpaste at all. (laughs) (laughs) He, you know, his answer was like, you probably can just use water and you're going to be fine. Like Jim, really? Um, so like Jim would say, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Don't even use toothpaste. I'd probably say, you know, it it probably matters, especially for your breath and, and, um, and if you want to be kissing your spouse and whatnot, but, um, yeah, it's probably not a huge, huge deal for most people.
1: Yeah, right? Like, yeah. same thing, you know, that like goes back to toothpaste of fluoride. Like yeah. If, you know, if that's worked for you, Frankie, for, right, you know, in the last 25 years, then roll with it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, now we'll kind of take that and we'll dive into uh, the Excel Foundation, which is an incredible uh, program that, that you're the president of. Yeah. Um, and you're... What is, first of all, what is the Excel Foundation?
0: So the Excel Foundation, um, was started over 30 years ago, I think in 1987. And the mission is to, uh, to raise funds to, uh, to grant to teachers to, um, spur, uh, innovative, creative classroom projects that otherwise wouldn't get done or wouldn't get funded by normal, um, uh, school maintenance and, and budget dollars.
1: Okay, and then you guys have you have fund you operate off fundraisers and grants. Is that my understanding? No,
0: no, we operate solely on fundraising, but we grant okay to teachers.
1: Okay, and then this year, uh, what did I say, one hundred and fifty-seven thousand right. dollars to that's just school district two seventy-one right. teachers. Um, and I know that now I'm going, man, like, you know, what does that money go towards? Right. Uh, what, are, what are some of the programs or something that you've seen come to life
0: from the Excel
1: Foundation's contributions?
0: Yeah, um, good question. So, um, well, for, first to just kind of... So, Excel Foundation did give away over $150,000, $60,000 or whatever that number was this year. And I was looking back at the history and just... I think it was 2010 or 2011, that number was $60,000. So even in the last six or seven years, that number is like exponentially grown, which is, you know, a pretty cool um, accomplishment for, for this nonprofit board, especially considering that uh, that what, what Excel Foundation's done that I think was really insightful 30 years ago is that they made it a goal to, um, to start an endowment. And so Excel Foundation now has an an endowment of over, I think it's a million and a half dollars or so. And we've got a formula that um, allows us to take money based on what we raise every year and what's in our endowment so that endowment continues to grow and we never take from the principle of that endowment. so that so that just goes to speak of like not only what we're giving on a yearly basis but like what we'll continue to give you know forever. Um but in terms of like what what teachers are getting granted for um I've been involved with Excel for 4 or 5 years now and literally the most rewarding part is reading the the grant requests that come in and see what these teachers are asking for um and I mean it makes you stay up late at night and and you know, get you know, get emotional about like these teachers are pouring so much into the, our our kids, and it's what's really inspiring. Um, one of my um, one of my favorite grants from from this last year, the grant request that I read was called the Passion Project. And it was a really cool grant request. Um, and the passion, the passion project actually was the brainchild of Google, and it's something that Google incorporates into their business model. But it really, um, goes, goes on the idea that if you give employees and students, um, in this case, like the ability to, um, go out and research and, and, and learn what they are interested about and give them that like flexibility and that freedom to choose what they want to learn about, that, Um, they will uh, be more engaged they'll develop more critical thinking skills they'll ask tougher questions Um, they will push themselves further and harder and this particular grant you know involve technology um in the ter- in in the sense of computers and laptops and things like that and then 3D printers as well and then just the concepts that Google has shared on how to operate a passion project to really inspire kids to do really cool crazy stuff that wouldn't never happen otherwise so that's one of my favorite ones um arts arts and um arts and music in schools is dwindling as the budgets dwindle and so there's a ton of really cool music projects that don't happen without the excel type dollars um there's a marimba band at ramsey ramsey elementary and so the ramsey raccoons you know they they'll they'll play these concerts with i don't know 30 marimbas and they're actually quite good i've, I've been and and watched them and i mean it's crazy stuff so yeah, yeah.
1: That's got to just, like, you know, make make you feel, like, so
0: good. Like, yeah. you go to this concert and it's yeah.
1: like, man, look at these kids, you know. Like, I'm part of
0: this. Yeah. And, you know, what's cool about Excel, and um, and I know you're involved in nonprofits and and giving back to our community and what – and my family is – and my wife works for the Boys and Girls Club, so we're intimately involved in the nonprofit world in Coeur d'Alene. But, you know, what I like about – what's so cool about Excel is that um, – and the number one – you you look at the Coeur School District and you think of the community we're in and you compare that to a large community like Seattle or maybe a large community like Denver where a new superintendent is coming from and you think about all the money and opportunities that these kids have and as parents – you want your kids to have that those same opportunities, but we all love Coeur d'Alene. And so how can we give our kids the opportunity to compete with, you know, the kids in Bellevue, Washington, mm-hmm. um, and put these kids at the same level because, you know, we're all local products of, of the Coeur school district. And, you know, I, we're doing okay, but we want to make sure our kids are, are, are surpassing where we are. And like Excel really does that because you look at these projects and like, and they're doing things that, that kids aren't, aren't doing in the biggest and the most, you know, the richest cities in, you know, in America. And so that's one side of why Excel is just really, really cool. And then the other thing that um, I think uh, Excel Foundation as a nonprofit touches um, lives differently than maybe to some extent any other nonprofit in our community is that for nearly every community member in Coeur d'Alene, there's a direct relationship to the benefits of Excel. And it goes from um, – from, you know, all of us as parents and our own children. And so that hits home, but not only our own children, but, uh, our neighbor's children and the children whose families maybe aren't as fortunate as our families. And then you can even take it a step further to, you know, the retired folks and the people that maybe don't have kids in the community that now are going to see benefits of having a well educated, better producing, better community member as a child that's going to grow up into as a, to an adult that hopefully is going to live here in Coraline.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at it and our our children are our future, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't invest in in your future, you're ultimately going to you know fail right so i think that's super cool and and i know the one thing that kind of stuck out to me about you know those projects that the excel foundations you know helping helping happen or that kids you know are not one size fit all you know you go into these schools and it's you know math science uh you know reading that sort of thing or it's like you know now you can kind of start to to get kids, you know, excited to where probably they probably weren't you know, not everyone's interested in math and science. Right. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're part of a Marimba band or right. something like that to where it's like they're jacked to go to school right. and ultimately, you know, could create something that they could do for the rest of their life. For sure. Um that that's super cool that you guys do that. Um what kind of has been one of the uh, a big challenge as far as heading up the Excel Foundation?
0: Um, I mean, like any nonprofit, uh, especially a nonprofit like ours that has uh, an all-volunteer staff and no paid executive director, the the two biggest challenge the the two biggest challenges are number one, raising money. And, uh, and I think everybody in Quarterly knows, and you hear it everywhere you go, that Court is such a giving community. And, but it's still a, a stress to make sure that we're going to raise enough money that we can provide for these kids every year. And, and then the organization factor of having, uh, such a large endowment that now an, an all non, an all volunteer board is, is tasked with the responsibility of carrying that on um and that's a, you know that's a big deal and so um going going forward we last week we had a we had our executive meeting and we're we're looking at uh, board members for the next year And, um, I've been enough on enough boards to know that every board's a little bit different and you've got your productive boards with workers and contributors. And then you have the boards where, you know, maybe people are more on it as a status symbol or something like that. And so the, the challenge of going out and finding people that are going to fit in place for what a board like ours needs that doesn't have any paid staff. And that really doesn't put money towards any kind of, um, paid administrative, work so that we can, you know, handle all those aspects that take to make a a board run well. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: know the nonprofits are like, that's, that's the biggest challenge. Right. And then a lot of people are like, well, I'm working for this charity. Like I I don't want to get paid because that kind of, you know, takes away from the charity, but at the same time, you know, it's a lot of, I have found that a lot of them, you know, at some point in order for it to be successful, like they have, you know, they have to eventually you know, maybe take on a salary or, or something. Just yeah. We've
0: to, looked at that as an Excel board. We've looked at that over the last several years that I've been a part of it is okay. Was, well, is, is this a time to go out and, and hire an executive director and spend the money? And, um, and my, you know, my feeling is kind of as a, as a somebody that's always wanting to be bigger and better and grow is like, yeah, we should, we need to do that. And, um, there's some good perspective from, you know, folks that have been on the part of the Excel Foundation for far longer than I have that said, you know, look where we've come the last 10 years and what's wrong with doing what we're doing. And now all of a sudden you go and hire somebody and you're paying them 50, 60, 70 grand a year. And, and now you've got a lot of pressure to even do more to your mm-hmm. point of like those challenges. Yeah. Right. Like.
1: Can you make it worth it? You right. know, worth the investment. Right. And if it isn't broke, don't, don't fix it. Yeah. You know, you got some different uh, mind thoughts going. I know that you know dig, digging into it, and usually it does take that employee to mm-hmm. to kind of grow it. But at what point? That's the that's the question that everybody wishes they had the answer for, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, if you could get one message out to the community about the Excel Foundation, what would it be?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Um I guess the message is that uh, the Excel Foundation is so critical to the health of our community whether you have kids or whether you don't have kids and I just urge people to um to get involved at a at a level that they feel comfortable to see like what what a foundation like Excel is doing for our children and, and um, whether it's appreciate your teachers a little bit more or encourage your teachers to, um, to write grants or to ask your kids what they're doing at home to just be a little more informed and at the ba- most basic level. And then, and then for those that want to be more involved to like to seek out like what you can do to, to, to push that push this nonprofit forward and expand upon it.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, to kind of, I guess, go on that expanding and going forward, what is your, what would be your ideal vision for the Excel foundation say in 20 years down the road? Yeah. So,
0: um, so right now, so last year we had over about a hundred, a hundred grant applications and which is great. And I think they, uh, the teachers asked for about 260 grand, um, which is great. But if you could like put your hand over your crystal ball and ask for whatever you could, um, I would want triple that. I would want every single teacher in the quarter school district to have a grant request. And, uh, and then the flip side is to be able to fund it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, everything that you do that you guys do for, for our community, the, the children, the schools, it's awesome. Um, is there any last words that you'd like to kind of leave us with, whether it be, you know, about the dental world or, or the Excel foundation,
0: um, Excel foundation, I would just say, um, in the spring, we have, a, a teacher celebration every year where we just kind of celebrate the teachers that have accepted grants. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to, to see what the teachers are doing in our school district. Um, typically we don't have a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, non-teachers or Excel board members there, but, um, we always try to get our sponsors to come see what their money's going toward. And so I encourage, especially sponsor, of Excel, sponsors of Excel to look for that and, and it's a really rewarding, um, neat, neat afternoon to to be involved in. Um, we're still looking for a sponsor for that uh, teacher celebration. So if there are any businesses out there that are that are so inclined, then um, then reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And then um, and then every year we have our big event in the fall. And so I know that seems far away, but it's right around the corner. And so we'd love to see you at our our big fundraising event in in the fall. Um, in terms of, in terms of the dental world and the business world, I just, I think, you know, I just, we live in such a cool community and there's so many neat things happening here, uh, on so many levels. And, uh, whether it's dental and, and dental business, um, or just entrepreneurship in general, I just think there's a lot of neat stuff happening in Cornelaine And, um, I'd like to think that, uh, that Avondale Dental and our group and what we're doing, um, is 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 leading is part of that leading leading edge and can just encourage people to take chances and push themselves and work to make Coeur a better place
1: awesome thanks Corey and get us that uh get us that info for the spring sure teacher recognition there and uh we'll we'll share it up we can put it on uh the advice gears website and we'll we'll try to help you guys out on Facebook also so people can be aware of it and you know go check it out I think that'd be that'd be an awesome thing to experience. So, yeah, uh, great. and then you guys are social media savvy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure.
1: You have a Facebook, yeah. you have Instagram and yeah, we're, we,
0: stuff? yeah, we've got, we're, we're on Facebook, um, Avondale dental, uh, element dental and legacy dental and, and Instagram as well. And we try to put some cool content up there, informational and, and fun too. So yeah, check that stuff out see what's new and happening and, and get involved. Cool. Thanks, Corey. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome.